Greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome back. This is your host, Indra, with Aikido Talks. We now go into the section of the book of Secrets of the Samurai, talking about the armed warriors. So if one is thinking that all warriors are armed, think not. So in our book, there's a section... Um, okay, part one, exponents of Bujutsu, the Bujin, the Bushi, and the high men, the centers of martial instruction. And then we go on to the section, as I turn the page, to armed Bujutsu. And then there's the unarmed Bujutsu. So the unarmed Bujutsu includes uh, the art of wrestling, uh military specializations of unarmed bujutsu, the schools of jujutsu, the schools of aikijutsu, the arts of striking, the art of kiai. Um, but this is something very different. So let's continue. We will start with the art of archery. And as I've mentioned before, I, I do excerpts, so I may not read continuously throughout a section. And this is to encourage you to get a book. To get this book, which is so important, the illustrations are so beautiful, Um, and I was told that uh, these illustrations, uh, Oscar Ratti and Adele Westbrook were students once upon a time ago at the New York Aikikai, and that if you look closely at some of these illustrations, you can see uh, movement of... um, our wonderful Yamada Sensei, believe it or not. So if you were thinking this, if you have the book and looked at it, you were correct. That's just a little fun fact there to add. So let's begin. We are talking of the major martial arts, the art of archery. For centuries, the bow and arrow was the chief weapon of the fighting man in Japan. Even after the introduction of firearms and the extended period of enforced peace under the Tokugawa had um, greatly reduced its strategic relevance, archery was still considered a noble art. Known generally as shage, accomplished in archery, or more specifically, a hujutsu the art of technique, the art or technique of the bow. It was a fully developed art with a complex system of practices and techniques. An initially wide variety of styles which slowly merged into a few major ones and a deep theory linking the art to the very birth of the Japanese nation. Inspired as it was by the mystical esoteric dimension of that culture, it is not surprising to learn that in the 12th century, as Lidstone observes in his Kendo, people in high positions were delighted when their ability as archers was acclaimed, but had every endeavor to have their prowess with the sword hushed up. By the time the Tokugawa had unified the nation under the sway of their centralized military dictatorship, Kyujutsu had evolved into a discipline of mental and spiritual coordination, known and practiced far from the battlefield under the austere guidance of teachers, who acted more in the capacity of spiritual counselors 
than masters of arms. The name given to this discipline of spiritual development was Kudo, the way of the bow and arrow. As such, Japanese archery is still practiced today, although in a somewhat modified form. In feudal Japan, indoor and outdoor archery ranges Matoba, Iba, Yaba, for target practice, Kaka, Uchi, were to be found in the central houses of every major military clan. Archery equipment, that is, the bow and arrow, Kusen, and the characteristic bundle of straw and a barrel, which was used as an elevated target, Makiwara, were common sites on the grounds of most military mansions, as were the cylindrical stands, Yadate, which held the arrows ready for target practice, arrow cases, Yabako, and bow stands, Chadokake, were also prominently featured in the houses of high-ranking Bushi. And with that, we'll be right back. And we're back. I've had the great pleasure of practicing archery in New York City. Um, There used to be a club. It still exists. However, they are portable, I would say. The group um, visits Garrison Institute every so often. And the name of of the group is called Toku... Q-Dojo so T-O-K-O Q-Dojo so if you google it you'll find um, the names but they uh, it's a a great group of people who who get together to practice throughout the year and um, you know you bring your lunch with your food and you you get the instruction of, of the time and how you're getting there and you arrange it thus but when we practiced in New York City, it was at the Shambhala Center. And um, the real estate situation changed. But while we were there, it was indoor practice and occasional outdoor practice. So now it's outdoor practice at Garrison Institute. But at indoor practice, it's, it's interesting because reading this excerpt sort of depicted exactly how it, how it existed in this room space that we were in, as if we were in part of a mansion. For example, the bale of hay that we practiced on, it was short-range shooting, and um, the arrows in the stand that we picked from, very specific things that we did, and also the spirituality of the shooting itself, because it was sort of meditative, um, very particular, very specific. Um, especially once you shoot, for those who are familiar, you walk up to the bale of everything you did has a meaning, even how you took the arrow out and what you did to the bale afterwards to remind of, you know, sort of showing deference to the shot that you just, you just committed to. Um, and also the glove. 
which is the kake glove and it's only worn on one side one hand regardless if you are a righty or a lefty you would shoot the same way so you would use the kake on your right hand yes (laughs) I'm just thinking now because it's been a while but I look to come back and do this because you you know there's a certain way that you put the glove on there's certain parts of the glove you don't touch that only rosin will touch because it would affect its its placement on the the yumi and the yaw you know the the, the bow and the arrow and how it fits together um, because it's all manual it's not mechanical machinery at all but it's all like you know the large um, bow which is seven foot and um, you dismantle it so you could store it away and you take care of these instruments um, before and after practice so it's it's a beautiful practice it's quiet and it's it's attention is is very on because you could easily shoot someone else um, and we don't want that any injuries of any sort <laughs> these are real weapons after all but it's, it's beautiful. And the uniforms are like Aikido uniforms. You're wearing your hakama. And uh, in our group, we didn't have any exams. You just would learn you know, gradations of how much you're doing when you're doing it. Um, and being mindful throughout and being responsible with how you are um, observing your space and your pacing of doing things and watching for instruction um, with a wonderful group of people. And then there was a, a night called work night where we would sit and we would bring food to eat, to share with each other and, and maintain the equipment through, for a few hours. It was just wonderful to do. So therefore, this is the beginning of this section of the art of archery. And we'll, we'll dabble a little bit more perhaps maybe in the next episode a little bit about archery and feel free to leave your comments about what you think about this episode thank you again for tuning in and for joining to this episode of Aikido Talks and looking forward to the next event until next time